We tell stories that from the outside could look like sad stories. But when you learn about the families, when you hear the story, when you hear the purpose and the joy, you realize they are not sad stories at all. They are happy stories. If we can learn what everybody deep down really needs, maybe we can learn to serve and love on each other better. The majority of our guests will be special needs related, but that's not all of our guests. We are going to have some guests that really don't have any special needs, but have been through something tough. We're hoping that this podcast can bring hope and joy and hopefully make you laugh a little bit. And even though it's not always easy, it's totally worth it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Totally Worth It podcast. This is episode number 17. I'm Amy Gayhart, and I am joined by my tag team partner, Johnny G. Tag team, you're it. I'm it. We're all it. Jack's it. That's what we do. So we're starting off, Amy G, with a game today. Oh, I didn't. Listeners, this is brand new. Do y'all know that we don't talk about any of this before we go on? And it's a one-man game. You're the only one playing. And it's called Guess That Sound, and I've only got one sound for you. <laughs> you ready? Here we go. This is coming from my phone. I'm putting my phone up to the microphone. Here we go. If that's me, I'm going to bust you. That's Mabry snoring. That's enough. That's Mabry snoring. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. I, I was about to come across this microphone at you if that was me. We've been married for 20 years, meaning I know how to stay married. Yeah, right. I would not dare but play no. the several recordings I have of you snoring. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is Mabe sawing logs. I, I, I told the story on a, a couple episodes ago about her snoring so loud. And yeah. I walked in the other day to move her and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> That's her. But I stayed in there too long and it rattled her. Uh-huh. <laughs> to go. But he did it, folks. He did it for a good story. It was all worth it. It's all for you guys. That's it. And we have an amazing episode today. We have an interview with Rebecca Lake. We'll introduce her later. You're going to want to stick around because Rebecca was awesome. She was a lot of fun to talk to. But you and I have a lot to discuss yes. in today's episode. A lot of fun things and probably some informative things. And so we're going to get right to it. But before we do, we're going to give a shout out to one of our podcast sponsors. Are you ready to finally bloom where you're planted? To finally free yourself to flourish? To live a life that can only be done by him and through you? Then jump into podcaster, author, and my best friend, Jamie Ivey's new book, You Be You. And you'll find yourself satisfied and succeeding in ways you never expected. Pre-order this book wherever you buy your books. And for more information, go to jamieivy.com. Hey, you know what's really cool about that ad? What? If you pre-order a book right now, you can go to Jamie's website and enter for a bunch of giveaways she's given. You know what the grand prize is? Grand prize? I'm going to guess. I don't know if you'd really call it a grand prize. (laughs) What is it? So (laughs) one winner will be selected to have lunch with Jamie and her best friend. That's me. That's you. That's me. So you have to, okay, I pre-ordered. Yeah. And so I entered. You are not winning. I'm I'm not eligible? You're not eligible. Do. Your family. Do Aaron and I get to come to this lunch? No. (laughs) So we're all, so between us, there's, how many kids are there? Seven? There's seven. Who's keeping all these seven kids? 
I don't care. Hey. Because Aaron and I are going somewhere when y'all go there. So so it's anywhere in the 48 continental United States or continental 48, whatever you call it. Anyways, how exciting is that? But the funny thing is, is that I found out when all the other people found out in an, in an email newsletter. And so did you know it was talking about you? Of course, but... So now you're going to lunch with some yeah, stranger yeah. who ordered this book. Yeah. You and Jamie. Yeah. You're flying to wherever they live, and that's the grand prize? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so totally worth it podcast listeners, go pre-order the book, and I may come to you. All nine of you listening right now, you've got a chance to have lunch with me. Man. We just like quadrupled Jamie's book sales. <laughs> we did. You're welcome, Jamie. <laughs> you are welcome. All right, Amy, what's our first segment? See, what had happened was... Did you bring something good for us this week? I did. What you got? Well, so I grew up with hurricanes. I grew up down on the Gulf Coast, well, south of Houston. <clears throat> so we're used to hurricanes. We've had a lot of hurricanes and tropical storms this year. It seems like a lot more, even in the last two or three years, I don't ever remember, grow, I didn't grow up down there like you did. Yeah. I was up here in Dallas. I don't ever remember this much. Was it like this when you were growing this up? This was the the second most ever recorded. This being so what, this far, year? Yeah, this hurricane season. This hurricane season. So, you know, they name them. Do you know when the first year? The I do not. Were I don't have that. I don't know. I, I didn't hear that part. But so they name hurricanes, you know. With na- with real human names A through Z, but I don't think they do like Q and X. Have they made it that far? The, so after you go through the alphabet, then you go to the Greek alphabet. So this last storm that came through through was Tropical Storm Beta. Really, Alpha Beta. I feel like Sally was like two weeks ago. Who's Sally? I think that wasn't there a Sally that it just was. happened. Laura is the one that affected the so Gulf Coast. I'm talking about Hurricane Laura in my story. Okay, but I'm going back to your alphabet thing. Uh Uh-huh. Did you say that we just had beta? Yes. Okay, Laura was like three weeks ago. Yeah. Or five weeks ago. You're telling me we made it from L all the way through Z. Yeah. And alpha in the last few weeks? Yeah, so hurricanes, all tropical storms get a name. Okay. Even if they just started, they may not even start tracking Okay. I know. So they get names and we don't hear about them. Right. Okay. Right. We don't hear about them unless they enter the Gulf. Yeah. More than likely. Now, if they hit Puerto Rico or Haiti or something like that, then absolutely we're going to hear about it. Um, But yeah, so Hurricane Laura hit like Texas, Louisiana border. I have another another question. Yes. When we're all of these tropical storms and hurricanes that we're talking about, Hit the Gulf. Yes. If a hurricane hits in Africa. Okay. Does that, is that still part of the same naming system? That I don't know. Or do they have different names? Do they- I just have a story about a dolphin I want to share. <laughs> you I, get to come with facts. I don't hear asking. <laughs> I need details. I don't know the name of this dolphin, but I want to talk about it. Sally is a Sally. I wish you'd stop and let me tell the story about my dolphin. I don't know all of that. Go okay. Google it or ask Slater. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So right on the Texas-Louisiana border, a um, dolphin was found 10 miles inland. Okay. That's pretty remarkable. 
so the storm surge brought this dolphin in. I missed one part. Did you say in Mexico? I said the Texas-Louisiana border. Texas-Louisiana border. Yeah. So on, you know, ditches on the side of the road, when there's a lot of water, they turned into ponds. Yeah. So they were just driving by and saw this dolphin in, in the, the ditch. ditch. Yes. 10 miles from the shore. Yes. Wow. And so people went in and rescued this dolphin. I mean, it was marine rescuers. It wasn't just like Joe and Larry down the street. It was Joe and Larry. <laughs> Their sister is Sally for sure. <laughs> yeah. So Texas Marine Mammal Stranding Network, they called in the real guns and got this dolphin and released him back into the Gulf of Mexico. Wow, 10 miles. Yeah. And that's that, a, 10 miles is a long way. It is. And so it, that's what's saying, like, the hurricane is one thing, but the storm surge is what really... That means that the ocean at least went all the way to 10 miles in because this dolphin well, swam some, or washed or at whatever. Some point, at some point. Yes, at some point. So this dolphin was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. He didn't hear, he didn't hear the alert that a hurricane was coming. <laughs> yeah, he was too close. Can you imagine if you were the one driving by and saw a dolphin? No one would believe me. And it was alive. It was in the ditch and it was alive. You're the one who thought there was a camel next to us at one point. There has been. There, and, it, it was a llama. Yeah. Family. In the family of the camel. <laughs> Anyways, I thought that was a fun story. So my story is from, they just announced the winner of America's Got Talent. We did not we even watch it. And we love that show. Here's, here's the funny part is I saw maybe one or two acts twice, like of two yeah. different shows for the entire season. We normally watch that show. Um, some of it anyway. This year we didn't watch any of it. It was just weird. I mean, everything's weird. But. Yeah, it was different because there was no audience. Um, but the winner is actually one. If I caught three acts for the entire year, one of them was this winner at some point during the middle of the season. And his name name was Brandon Lake. Or is that Lake. the spoken word? Yes. Okay. He won it. Wow. And he is, um, he's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, he, I got to watching his YouTube videos and all of this, and he's just a, he's a poet and he speaks these he's poems. He's a poet and he don't know it. He speaks these poems and he has for a few years, but the messages that he gives are so powerful. And what I love about it is he's up there proclaiming Jesus oh. on America's Got Talent on that word, on, on that stage. Uh -huh. Now, he didn't go have as much of that preaching as he does if you just watch some of his YouTube videos. And, and that's not what all he's about. But we've talked about on this podcast how we love people using their platform to speak what they believe in right. to, you know, all of that, whether we agree with their whatever it is. We just love that nonviolent, you know, speaking yeah. up. And that's what he's doing. So he's talking about um, talk, like social injustice topics. He's talking about Christianity. He grew up in the ghetto and went to college. So he talks about that in these poems. One of them that he gave, I believe it was on America's Got Talent, is like letters from his dad. And you can... That's the one I heard. I yes. Think. I think it's one that we saw. Maybe so. And yeah. Because whenever I rewatched it, I'm like, I saw this actually happen. And it's letters from his dad growing up that actually didn't happen because you can just get from the story that his dad wasn't around. And you're just sitting there and you're like, oh my gosh, watching this thing. He's got one on YouTube called a letter. Uh, uh, he's got a letter, a spoken letter called Dear Christians. And it's just really powerful stuff. And I loved America's Got Talent has always had some cool things on there, but I loved the platform that this guy was using. And just, I know how many people saw that 
and are now exposed to him and now exposed to encouragement and positive messages. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of the only shows we can watch with Slater in the room. Right. Yeah. There's very few of those. Yeah. Lately. I have one more story. Okay. Or do you? I don't. So (laughs) the CDC released um, trick-or-treating guidelines this week. This is the Center for Disease Control. Right. Trick-or-treating guidelines. How's that going to work out? What were they? Well, I mean, I don't have them in front. That's not the part of the story. I'm just saying we might have to get creative this year, which we've had to for all of 2020. And so is this really that big a deal? But a dad in Ohio invented a candy shoot for touch-free trick-or-treating. A guy, Andrew Beatty of Cincinnati, and his six-year-old daughter came up with a candy shoot as a means of dispensing Halloween candy while social distancing. It's a six-foot tube that goes, and these are like houses that have a stoop. Yeah. You know I've always wanted to stoop. I want to sit out on the stoop. We only know them from TV. Yeah, 227. Mm -hmm. That was my jam. And Cosby said a stoop. They did. So this guy made a six-foot tube that goes down like their stoop banister. That's cool. Yeah. I've seen some that we may have to slingshot. I was going to say, I think I think might, we should use a slingshot. That would be fun. And we're giving away water balloons. <laughs> <laughs> but it may turn into a little trick-or-treating game if we can hit them. Yes. Yeah. So it might look a little different, but who knows? It could it, be fun. It might be the new normal. And there's no more of the kids reaching into your bucket and grabbing all the candy, maybe. Because that's a Corona yeah. hotbed right there. You can't right have there. them reaching into a public bucket. No, you can't do that. So, anyways, just maybe a little different Start this Halloween. getting our mind right for Halloween. Gotta what is trick-or-treating right. going to look like in social distance? Well, Slater's got his um, hazmat uniform and gas mask ready. All right. Yeah, that's what he's, that's what he's doing this year. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. All right, what's our next segment? Well, isn't that special? Listen to what I found. Okay. I found a book called the, called Nobody Told Me. Mm. Okay? I want you to listen to this. I'm reading it. I copied and pasted from their website. I want you to read what this book is about. The book titled Nobody Told Me was created by a group called Positive About Down Syndrome. It's a parent-run advocacy group. In the UK. Nobody Told Me is written by Down Syndrome families, parents, siblings, grandparents, and shows how the things new parents are told about what to expect are based on ableist perception, not reality. Many of the parents in the book, which is available free online, spoke of being pressured to have an abortion and of their diagnosis being predicated within, unfortunately, or of being told only the negative things that come with Down syndrome. Yet overwhelmingly, the family members reported that life with the condition had many more positives than negative. Parents wrote of how their children surpassed every boundary set before them, while siblings spoke of the loving, respectful, and happy relationships they have. Far from being a burden, family members spoke again and again of how many good things their children or siblings brought to their lives. Wow, that's cool. So then when I found this book, of course, I researched that group positive about Down syndrome. And it's all based in the UK, but that doesn't matter. It applies here. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was so cool about how when families get the diagnosis and for Down syndrome, that's one of the diagnoses that you get before the baby's born. Right. It's one of it's it shows up in those prenatal tests. 
that's not a situation that you and I were in with Mabry. We didn't know until after Mabry was born. So we were never forced with that. Um, it just, it started bringing up so many thoughts in my mind about what those families go through, what the parents go through, the pressures that they face, the stories that they're told, and then what becomes of reality. And so I just love the fact that you see this title that says, nobody told me. Uh And when you see that and you know it's about Down syndrome, you might think something. It's almost like... Nobody told me how bad it was going to be. Yeah, it's almost like the title, it's totally worth it, right? So you get this, nobody told me, and that's where probably your mind goes, goes is how hard this was going to be exactly like what you just said. Right. And the reality is nobody told me how great this was going to yeah, be. Yeah, that's cool. Isn't that cool? That is cool. So we're going to, I'm going to. Why do people always take the good ideas? I know. Why didn't, why can't we have any good ideas? Rude. They didn't call us. <laughs> so we'll, I'll put a link to uh, this book and what you can find online because you can get it for free online. That's really cool. Yeah. Good I, for them. You can buy it and order the actual book. Or I think if you just read it online, it's free is my understanding of it. Yeah. That's neat. I, I would like to read that book just because I think that we would see so many things, not only that we experience in our own life, but you do life with several Down syndrome families. Uh-huh. And so I bet some of this would really hit home for you. And, and I know a lot of our listeners, this will, uh, this could really be a blessing. Yep. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. Yeah. What did you, what did you bring this week? So I called you my tag team partner Yeah. in the intro and that's what we're doing tonight. We're tag teaming we're because... Tag-teaming. It's our first varsity football game tonight. Yep. And we don't have a player. We don't. No, Jack's Jackson on JV. JV. Yeah. So we went to his game last night. But varsity football, like that's the Friday night lights that everybody hears about in Texas. It's a big deal. It's a huge deal. And it's really a big deal for the, if you have a, pl- like for Jack. Yes. Because these are the guys, he practices with the varsity, not practices with them, but yeah. they're all together. He knows them all. And when you're a part of that program and especially just one level below, it's a big deal for him. It is. And so, but it's fun. It's, it's good for the community. You know, we see people that we don't normally see. It's just good. It's a lot of fun. Um, we have a beautiful stadium, um, awesome high school, all of that. But you're going, you're going to take Jack. Right. And I'm going to stay home with Mabry. And I'm totally 100% fine with that. But it's because Mabry will not go into this stadium. Yeah. We have no idea why. Just started last year. It just started last year. We opened this brand new, beautiful stadium. We went to the opener. She would not go in. Yeah. And, and I think if I'm coming up with the reasons why, because people ask me why, um, Two theories are, one, she's at a point in her life where she makes her own decisions because she's so big. She knows if she doesn't want to go, she doesn't have to go. So for the majority of her life, whether she wanted to go or not, I just carried her or we pushed her or we could get her around. Right. Since she has gotten to where I can't carry her and we can't force her and she fights, Uh she just decides where she's going to go and where she's not. So I think... I've got one theory that says she doesn't really want to go in there, so she's not going to go. Uh Another theory says out in the parking lot are fire trucks and police cars and policemen and golf carts and all of her favorite things are out in the parking lot. Why on earth would I want to go in there? Right. And so who knows what the real reason is, but she won't go. Because it's not, she loved football games. You know, Zane, our nephew, and Zach, our nephew, they both played well, all of our nephews play college football, but we were at every Friday night game because our nephews live close to us. 
And she loved it. Yeah. She loved it. And then just all of a sudden, I think it's the defiance. I think so too. Though I went to one game last year and it's because I put her in our running stroller yeah. and I ran to the stadium, which is like three miles. Uh-huh. And then you came and picked us up after the, the yeah. and I was able to keep her in the stroller and then walk her around and watch the game. The problem was I got there and I saw the people I wanted to see, but I was a sweaty mess, yeah. you know, and in running clothes. So yeah, it's just, it's one of those things that. It, we're just not able to do it, which yeah. stinks. I just hope she snaps out of it before Jackson Varsity. But also, she graduates in May in that stadium. In that stadium. So what are we going to do? Yeah. I don't know. We, we've Stay got tuned, ways. Stay folks. We'll let you know. Yeah. We have ways. We'll like bring all of her favorite people and we'll figure out something. She's going to walk on the stage. And Prosper ISD will help us. Yes. You know, they'll do whatever needed. So hopefully... Yeah, she gets over this over this soon. But also people are like, well, just take that. It's not worth a fight. Right. It is totally not worth a fight. I wish you would tell me just take that. I wish you would say it to my face. Come and say it to my <laughs> face, people. No, but if Jack was playing, totally different scenario. But yeah, it kind of stinks that we can't go as a family. And, and for those of you not in Texas saying, what on earth are y'all doing playing football? Because not, not everyone's open. So Texas has been playing football this whole time. The schedule got modified and pushed yeah. back by a month. We've got, and everything is at around 30 or 40% capacity. They're going to tell you it's 50%. It's really around 30 or 40. So our stadium, our football stadium seats like twelve or 13,000 people. And there will probably be 4,000 people in the stands. Right. And everyone's in masks and everything's different. And most people who wanted tickets didn't get tickets. And I'll tell you, it was such a nice surprise from you. I think it came to me on Monday while I was at the gym. I was not expecting to go. I knew that we were going to try and get Jack a ticket because he would really want to go. And I, I was working out on Monday morning and you sent me a message saying, I just got you and Jack tickets. So I was really happy. So thank you. You're welcome. That was your Christmas present. All right. I'll take it. I'm because just it's, teasing. It's... It's no fun when the other one goes out on a Friday night yeah, and, you're, and you're stuck but with Mabry. it's no fun to have to miss something like that, too. So we try to keep things as normal as we can for the boys when we can. Yeah. You know, and Slater is not heartbroken that I'm staying home. No. He told me this morning, he said, me and you tonight cooking shows all night. <laughs> cooking shows. So he's going to be living his best life. Y'all will be living your best life. It'll be perfect. It'll work. It'll be work. All right, Amy, what you digging this week? I am digging cooler weather. Oh, my God. I bet yes. you are for the for your running. But you know fall is my jam. Yeah. I love fall. It means, like, I'm not a pumpkin spice girl, so I'm not one of those. But it means, like, no more shorts. I don't have to wear shorts anymore. I just, I love more clothes on. I just like it. Um... It means fires, which we don't do very much, but we smell them. I think I'll, I was thinking the other day, I think I'll, I'll, this needs to be the year. We need to try a fire. <laughs> we need to get our chimney cleaned out or something. Whatever you do with chimneys. We've lived here 15 years and we have never had a fire. So when you see on the news that our house blew up, it's because John decided we're going to have a fire. But I love fires. I love the smell of fires. I love a big pot of stew or a big pot of chili or a big pot of soup. And we love football. 
Yeah. And so all of those things are in fall, which makes it my jam. I love Thanksgiving. I love everything about that. So yep. any change in season, except from spring to summer, I love. Yeah. And cooler weather, of course, it's awesome for our running. It helps it out a lot. It is awesome for your running. It's great for me at Blue Sky because we can get out, get in the garden. It's not 150 degrees. We can be out with the animals and it's just you know, play Frisbee, do whatever, like just be outside. So it's, it's awesome. It's so nice in Texas right now. Yeah. I love dressing in layers, Yes, but kind of not for the same reason as you. I love starting out the day with a hoodie and sweats on. And then as needed, I get down to a t-shirt and shorts because it's on under. So you're a stripper. I just like that whole process. <laughs> and then if I'm out long enough later in that day, the hoodie and the sweatpants go back on. I you like are Mr. Preparation. Yep. I've got a stack comes... of, I got a stack of clothes in my car because fo- you never know what happens. It's going to happen. go to a football game and it's raining or cold, John doesn't pack a bag. He takes everything out of the hall closet and puts it in the back seat. I'm not getting stuck being cold. But he also doesn't wash all that stuff. Yeah. So Mimi... Mom is down the hall going, <laughs> I'm sure. What are you digging this week? So for a week now, a week ago, we're recording on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Last Friday, did you hear Justin Bieber's release? <laughs> I did. Did you? I did not. You didn't? His song or like a yes. press release? Okay. No, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. Okay. So him and Chance the Rapper did oh, a duo. I like those two. Called Holy. Mm. Okay. I've been listening to it all week. This song, Holy, is a, a proclaiming their faith. Okay. So on season one of this episode, I talked about how much I like Justin Bieber. Yes. Unapologetically. I talked about his new lifestyle and really preaching the gospel and sharing his faith. That seems like it's a really grown rapidly over the last couple of years. His big interview with Zane Lowe that we linked mm-hmm. on the podcast. So I've been a Justin Bieber fan for a while. This song is my favorite song of all time of his. Okay. So I've been listening to it all week. I've been trying to like understand all the words and paint the pictures. And then I saw the video and the fit, the video tells this story that I was not even expecting. I did not see it coming. And it's a little bit longer than the song because there's some longer kind of, uh, you know, pauses in there. Bridges. And then there's some people that come in and and talk, but this song and the video, it hits on their faith. It hits on being laid off from a job. It hits on uh, some racial things going on. It hits on military. Like it's so relevant to right now. It's so well done. What I couldn't figure out because of the video and like I get the feeling that it was written during COVID. Like I, it feels like it's so right now, but the quality of it made it look like it's a film that's been worked on for two years. So it is amazing. I, th- I also heard that it hit number one and, and it's the first time Chance the Rapper ever hit number one, which I was shocked by. Really? So I don't, don't quote me on that. I don't know if that's factual, but I heard it. Well, I bet most people don't come to us for their entertainment news. Yeah. So they may not know. <laughs> so here's what's even, okay. So in the first week, I'm, we're reporting this a week after the song's been out. And so listeners aren't going to hear this till a few days later, but in the first week it had 34 million YouTube views. And yesterday, the duo of Justin Bieber and Chance the Rapper announced that they're going to be given back a combined $250,000 
to people who have been affected by hard times. That's the only rule is that you've been affected by hard times, but they're wanting people to share their stories on social media as their application. Hmm. And they're using hashtag JB chance holy. And based on people's videos, they're giving away money. And it, uh, what I've seen is it could be $500 to this person, $1,000 to this person, but $250,000 of the earnings from this. So I'm going to put a link to the music video yeah, let's in the show it. notes. I'm telling you. I'm doing a video this afternoon. While I was listening to it, I, I loved the song and I loved the words. When I watched when I watched the video, I was moved emotionally. It's really, really cool. You've been so, moved a lot, emotionally a lot lately. Yeah, what, like I'm 42. Does that happen? Is that what, am I getting more emotional? I don't know. You, you are getting more emotional. Is it because? But I don't think, I don't think it's just because you're 42. I just, I don't know. Am I maturing? Am I weakening? You're not, that doesn't make you weak well, I'm to be emotional. Don't yell at me. See? Stop yelling at me. Why are so mad at me? Y'all see what I'm talking about, listeners? <laughs> it's just a hot mess. You can't pull yourself together. Don't yell at me. <laughs> I'm not yelling at you. I'm just saying you personally have been more emotional lately, and that's not a bad thing. All right. Let me give a quick introduction to our guest today, Re- Rebecca Lake. Rebecca and I connected through Instagram a couple of months ago, and I saw her work in the autism world and with families. And so I thought she would be a, a great guest for us. She's out of Canada, so she's our first international guest. We are global. Ever. Hello. We are global. She is part owner in a company called Endless Abilities, and they are in-home and in-center ABA and IBI therapy for families and individuals living with disabilities, including autism spectrum disorder and multi-diagnosis. And so that's been her profession. She recently started the Spectrum Advocate, which is on Instagram. That's where you can find her, the Spectrum Advocate. And she's really just sharing stories and giving resources and things for people and families on the autism spectrum, bringing the families together, providing some resources. So that's where I really took an interest in her, was on Instagram at the Spectrum Advocate. She also has started a company called Sensa which is a monthly box that goes out to families on a subscription basis. Bummer. It's not in the U.S. yet. But she coming said soon. she's working on it. Yeah. So this interview just really taught us a lot about how, first off, how things work in Canada that's mm-hmm. different than the U.S. when it comes to therapies, just where her passion came from. And it's just a really great interview. So um, you're about to hear a shortened segment of that interview. And remember, you can go to our YouTube channel to watch the entire interview. So we hope you enjoy the conversation with Rebecca Lake. I founded Endless Abilities. It is a behavioral health clinic um, that services the GTA. I founded it about three years ago. Um, so we do in-home and in-clinic uh, applied behavior analysis, IBI, intensive behavior intervention. Um, and we're adding over uh, speech and language services, occupational therapy services, and music therapy services. So um, that's a lot of fun. It's my, I always call Endless Abilities is my baby. I've also been partnered with a, a company called Sensa, which is um, a sensory subscription box company for kids also on the spectrum and with other sensory needs and exceptionalities. Um, so that's a monthly subscription box that goes out to um, goes is delivered to your doorstep every month with really cool sensory and educational products. So that's really exciting. That's a new kind of new endeavor. And um, 
my most recent and most exciting and most one of my you know very fulfilling projects as well as the spectrum advocate which is through um instagram where i've tried to essentially create a community for families um living with children who have special needs or individuals who are living with um, autism diagnosis or other exceptionalities um, to create a community to educate each other and create a safe space uh, and to have those difficult conversations and educate those who may not know. So that's what I've been up to. You obviously have a heart for children on the autism spectrum. Can you tell, tell the story of why you're called to children on the autism spectrum? Where did that come from? When I was 15, I started camps. And I was supposed to do mainstream camps, and I was uh, selected to be in the special needs camps. Um, so I actually have an uncle who has Down syndrome. He's about 50 now, I'd say. So I had a really good relationship and understanding of, you know, what it means to be different from a very young age. Um, so I went into to this camp and I was a little bit, you know, being 15 years old, I was, I was put into the adult camp actually with the uh, medically fragile and uh, they were calling it more so, you know, the severe, um, I guess, campers. Um, so I was paired with two that had autism and one that had Down syndrome, uh, varying ages from anywhere from 18 to 30. I think one of them was 30 years old. So I was very 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 nervous on my first day and i went in it with being 15 you know not knowing anything about about autism or really disabilities at the time and i i i walked in i walked out after at the end of the day with like the biggest i had i was i had a very tough day for my first day but i have never felt that was, it was just the most rewarding feeling. So when I walked out of, of this camp that day, my, I remember my parents waiting for me to see how my day went. And I was just like, it's just so amazed by the people. I was really amazed by the people I was working with, like the seasoned uh, camper or um, camp leaders. And I was looking up to them and I was like, I want to be like them. I want to be able to communicate with these people and interact with these people the way that they do. So I was immediately drawn to it. And from there, I never stopped. I did it for five years. I took on private respite work. I went into school for educational support work. So I worked in the school board and then I stumbled across uh, ABA. So I went into behavioral uh, technology as a second program in college. And that's kind of how I, I saw this whole new world of reinforcement and, and how to um, teach these children who learn a little bit differently than, than others and than what I was used to. So um, that's kind of it in a nutshell. <laughs> what do you see when you're beginning to work with parents and um, kiddos on the spectrum? What do they need most? What are they are they newly diagnosed? Are they um, seasoned and at the end of their rope and just mean um, more intervention? What, where do you yeah. come in in that part? It varies a lot. A lot of families that we see are either they just got their diagnosis recently in Canada too. Just like what I'm noticing with um, families walking through our doors is they're getting diagnosed pretty um, pretty early. and it's And I think that's also because we have a very good, a decent funding system here. There's some mm -hmm. gaps in the funding system, but Canada does have 
Um, you know, like when I initially started my company, the way it would work is they'd come to us, they'd say, hey, I got my diagnosis. It would take usually six months to a year to get your diagnosis. That can be pretty um, long wait list. Once they got the diagnosis, they would then be sent to a government organization that would pretty much approve them for what we called the Ontario Autism Plan or Autism Budget Plan. Um, so they'd come to us and my clinicians would, endless abilities clinicians would, would do an assessment and they'd say, okay, here's a budget plan. This child needs 25 hours a week. And you plan for those hours for the supervision, for the program development, for the groups, if you wanted to do social, like social skills. And we'd be approved for a year to five years. Like we get, the kids get funding until they're like 18. Because there's such a high volume, um, a lot of kids also don't get funding. So our new funding system is, it's the new childhood budget. It's not very needs-based. So I've been to many rallies and stuff with, with families and with my staff because they're pretty much just saying, hey, here's, you know, I think for, um, for under five, they say here's 20,000 um, for the year and you have to use it. And if you're over five, it's here's 5,000. So that kind of, that created a lot of issues because how are you going to tell us that a child who's over five or a child who's under five doesn't need the same amount of support or hours. Like some kids get diagnosed late. We have a lot of immigrants that come in as well that, that don't even have a diagnosis until they're eight or nine. And the parents can't afford, therapy's expensive They can and it's needed and they can't afford to pay for it out of their pocket. But, you know, some parents have put their house up for like sale or mortgage their house because they are trying to pay for the therapy. So we're hoping to have a new plan come uh, next year, 2021, but that's kind of what happens is they come in and they say, what can I get like while I'm waiting for my funding? What can I do with this budget for my child? And we're the kind of providers that we don't want to waste people's time or money. So at Endless Abilities, we say, okay, listen, this is what we can do for you, but we're not going to do, you know, a few hours a week of one-to-one and, and set high expectations. This is what we can do with six hours a week. And if that's not realistic for the individual, then we'll say, let's hold off a little bit. We'll do some consultation, you know, a few one-on-one, maybe an hour or two a week to support and do parent coaching. And then when the time comes to be able to actually make, um, you know, make, make change or make a difference in the therapy when they have the funding, then we, then we bring them on to service. We don't like to, we don't want to waste anyone's money. Usually the doctors will recommend early intervention if they suspect that they have Uh autism or a speech delay, but um, usually they have the diagnosis. Recently, it's like around the age of two and a half, Mm -hmm. which is very young. Uh, Two, two and a half, sometimes on average, it's three years old though. Most of my, most of the kids that come, they're three years old. They just got their diagnosis. Rebecca, since you've been working with children on the spectrum, Have you found some kind of common processes or tools or exercises in the children that you're working with that have consistently brought breakthroughs for families? We need to stop looking at the child. And I say this to parents too, is don't look at your child as your child, as your child with autism. Just look at your child, understand your child as who they are. Um, And I think too often you link it to autism. and And my biggest thing is, um, you know, if, if, if it's ever difficult, um, I'm having a hard time, 
with the behavior or anything like that, I get on their level. And I just try to understand, like I try to put myself in their shoes on how they're feeling. Cause sometimes it can be tough to understand that, especially if an individual is nonverbal or their behavior escalates so much that it's hard to get through to them. But if you just sit down and you, you try to get to their level and understand and put yourself literally in their shoes, it makes it a little bit easier to understand. Um, instead of looking at it from such a clinical standpoint all the time. I, th I think the biggest thing is finding common ground with any person. It's like when I'm trying to reason with my parents or my mom and, you know, right. there's always something that I have in common. I always find things in common with someone and with all my kiddos, I've seen many, many different, you know, I've experienced many different um, types of children. It's not a one size fits all approach. That's another thing I always tell the therapists. I always, always say this. You know, this program or this method may not work for this child is never one size fits all. And if you look at it that way, you won't be successful because then you're not catering to that child's needs at that point. You're just thinking about it from a from the textbook. So I work with special needs adults throughout the week and they're my friends, you know, and I think if you can get that trust level, they trust you more um, and are willing to put in the work with you looking at them as just you know like you said friends like like you're interacting yeah. with a friend not a client not a customer not it's not like that you shouldn't have that relationship or that perspective when you're in the field hey so you mentioned the sensa that i haven't obviously i haven't heard of that subscription boxes are like all the rage right now so i think that's really really cool what's one product um that you have seen that has been like, wow, this is awesome, or this is a game changer for uh, my clients. Kids love the kinetic sand. Like uh -huh. they go crazy over it. We have an LCD <laughs> writing either. tablet uh, that is, it's very lightweight. Uh, I actually gave a box to my niece who's not on the spectrum and she carries this LCD writing tablet with her everywhere. It's like a yes, just very lightweight, um, you can write on it, it erases when you press the button. So it's great for car rides. Um, and you can practice writing your name and tracing your name and stuff. And uh, yeah, my niece takes it with her on the, when she potty trains. It's hilarious. She loves it. All right, Rebecca. So we've got a lot of special needs parents listening to you right now. And you've already given some great advice. I love the, um, you know, the suggestion of getting finding those commonalities, um, all these special needs parents that are listening are going to be at a different place in their journey. Some brand new, some very mature. Knowing that you've got this audience listening, what's one good piece of advice or encouragement that you could give them that you think everybody could bring, take some value away from today? First, you have to believe in, in, in your child's ability. If you don't believe in their ability, then, then, they won't, it's not that they won't be successful, but they need you to believe in them and believe in their abilities and look at, try to look at your child from a different light. Um, a lot of parents get discouraged when they have that autism diagnosis. And I think it allows it to be a little bit, it kind of restricts us from being able to see the beauty in autism because there's so much beauty in autism, but um, try to eliminate the, the idea that they even have that diagnosis and look at just, just level down with your child and get to know them, um, get to know them 
as who who like who they are who's inside you know and and that's really hard to say because a lot of parents will say you know i don't know how to communicate with them i don't understand and that's okay and that's why you have support like you know all these advocates other parents places like endless abilities or ABA clinics that will help you um to better understand your child but um but the biggest thing i will say is is you have to believe in your child and never give up on their abilities regardless of what you're seeing in front of you you will make a breakthrough and you will get to know your child um from a completely different lens if you just if you if you give them a chance and you give that a chance tell everybody where to find you and how they can be involved with you because they're all going to want to find you after this everyone can follow me on the spectrum advocate on instagram um, I've got a website that'll be up in a week that I've just been working on um, redoing. Uh, it'll be the spectrumadvocate.com. I've got Endless Abilities Incorporated, so it's at Endless Abilities Inc. And then uh, the third one is at Shop Sensa. So if you're in Canada and you're looking at subscription box companies, check out at Shop Sensa. It'll soon be in the States. I'll let you guys know when it is. But my biggest, my, my biggest one is the Spectrum Advocate. I really want to continue to grow that and to educate and bring together community and just shed light and like I like on the beauty of autism and, and these just this amazing world of autism. We hope you loved that interview with Rebecca Lake. To see the entire interview, make sure you go to our YouTube channel, Totally Worth It with John and Amy, and subscribe. That way you will get alerts each week when a new episode releases. Subscribe, leave us a comment, like, share, all the things, do all the things. Also, make sure you go and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review, share it, do all the things, and have a great week. Bye. We'll see you next week.